Good Sunday morning, Iowa. Uh, it's Dr. Rick Godding. Thanks again for spending some time with me here today. Um, and uh, as we go into spring, I think I've been almost uncomfortably warm once um, so far. And uh, um, I guess, you know, this is my sweet spot in time of year. I don't really like it when it gets too much hotter. Um, but here we are. So so this last week, I lost a, a good friend from college. He was rafting. He lived in, He was a film producer and lived in Santa Fe, New Mexico. And uh, he was rafting down there, and, and uh, his raft tipped over. And uh, he didn't, uh, didn't make it out of the river. And it's tough. He's a, he was a really good guy. He was, uh, uh, his name was David Bishop and he, uh, he was from Pawhuska, Oklahoma. And, uh, when I was, uh, at Oklahoma state, I was in the beta house and I was the rush chairman. And, um, I, so the way it worked there is we had what was called informal rush. So we, uh, the rush chairman would drive out and typically what would happen is you would go and you would like meet the mom or the dad or both. Um, and then take the kid out to dinner or whatever or to a party or something. So I went and picked up David and met his mom and, uh, first thing she did, her name was Odell. He called her sweet O. And the first thing she did was uh, uh, say, "Oh, it's nice to meet you, Rick. We we got some rocks we need moved." <laughs> and so, so David and I spent half a day moving rocks in her garden. And uh, he lived on the uh, on the Osage Reservation, and he was really proud of his Osage heritage and had made some films. He has a film that he just made um, that's going to be coming out about the Osage Nation. Apparently, it was released through the Smithsonian. I haven't heard the whole story on it yet but uh but yeah uh it's one of those things that just reminds you i mean you can you can just be going out for a little rafting trip and uh and that can be the end of it uh you know but you can get in the car and go to the store and that can be the end of it too so that's no, just something to you know we lose sight of how precious and and uh and fragile life is <clears throat> Uh, until it slaps you in the face. And, uh, so I don't know, for me, that just, it just makes me pray a lot more and, and, uh, try to have myself ready and, and all that. But, uh, but yeah, but it's, 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 uh, it's one of those things in life. You, uh, I think you have to go out and do adventures. And, uh, you know, he was wearing a life jacket, you know, I don't know how much experience the other guys had or he had that were in the raft with them. They, they were just on a private raft. Um, they didn't go through a tour company, but, uh, you know, I think you gotta, you gotta have adventures in life. And, uh, and he was an adventurous soul. Um, he ended up, uh, living out in New York city when I was out there doing my residency. And so, but, uh, but yeah, so just in general, uh, it just makes me think that, that, um, that there's, there's always, life is always going to have its risks, but, um, 
you know, you can't, you can't just sit around. I mean, you gotta, you gotta get out and whatever your adventure is, you gotta do it. And, uh, and David, uh, he lived his life to the fullest. And he, that's, that's one thing that, uh, also I try to be reminded to do is, is live your life to the fullest and go do the things. My niece, who I've talked about, uh, is a, uh, cardiac ICU nurse at Mercy. She graduated from uh, DMACC nursing school um, last December. So she's actually on her first trip to Barcelona, Spain. So it's the first time that she's gone on a trip on her own that she's paying for. And so she's, you know, and she just got a car and not, you know, it was a couple years old and it wasn't fancy, but it was, you know, a new, a big girl car. And now she's, She's doing that <clears throat> on a trip that she's paid for on her own. And, you know, I, I just got to say that, that the, the return on investment um, of that DMAC nursing education is just spectacular. Um, I mean, the money she spent, I don't think, I don't think she spent 20000 I want to say it was between ten and fifteen. I could be off. Get 100% it was less than twenty. A hundred percent it was less than twenty thousand total. But I'm thinking it was more like ten or fifteen. And uh you know, to be able to go out and and start as a nurse at twenty one years old and make good money and feel good about yourself. Um, yeah, I mean DMAC is is offering and you know, we we went over there and saw the facilities and we saw the graduation and I see how she conducts herself and, and, and how, you know, what, what she knows and man, it's a good school. Uh, so if you have kids, uh, that, uh, are, are graduating high school and might think they might want to go into nursing, uh, it is, it is a huge bang for the buck. And, and the return on the investment is not just the money, but just the pride, uh, and these young kids, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of, um, there's a lot of nihilism, you know, a lot of people, uh, these kids keep getting told that, you know, the earth is going to end in 12 years from climate change and all this like bad stuff that keeps getting, uh, programmed into them, if you will. Um, and so there's a lot of nihilism. A lot of people think, oh, well, what's the use? But there's so much opportunity out there right now. Nursing is a tremendous opportunity. Like I said, the trades are all desperate for for people. Um, uh, I think I mentioned it the other day, but the guy who does the dirty dirtiest jobs, I saw him on an interview. He said there's five tradesmen leaving the profession for every two that come in. So that's electricians, plumbers, HVAC, carpenters, all of it. All of the skilled trades are just, there's just nothing, nobody going into it near enough to replace it. And it's good money and it's independence. And if you're, if you're a little bit entrepreneurial, you get your contractor's license and you, you know, maybe you get a two or three vans and you hire a couple extra plumbers and man, the, 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 the world's your oyster and none of that costs you too much money either as far as all the kind of training you can get. And so you know, I think, I think college has been overplayed. I think, I think that back in the day 
when about 15% of, of people in America went to college, that that was probably the sweet spot, maybe 20. But we now have a, a, a generation of over-indebted people with useless college degrees that are that are doing menial jobs. Uh, I think, you know, I think we could, I think we could probably, uh, I think probably half the people in college could, could be better served if they were, were just to go out and, and get a, get a job. And like that old movie, Goodwill Hunting, where he said, you know, I can, I can <clears throat> learn everything you have to teach me at this university by going to the library and it cost me three bucks in late fees. So there's something to that. But anyway, the idea is though that there's there's tremendous opportunity out there and right now it seems that that most of the opportunity that I see um you know is is a a a, a skilled trade or uh like a profession like nursing uh things like that that take take uh even less than a four-year degree. And then of course, then you know, once you're once you're in nursing there's you can be a CRNA or a nurse practitioner, um, but anyway, that's kind of just what's been on my mind, and uh, and I guess uh, I guess uh, I've all, I'm always thinking, you know, because my girls are coming up, you know, I'm always thinking, you know, what what are they gonna do? It's just such a changing world that things are just changing so rapidly, and now. And now they say AI is going to take some jobs, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, but one of the things I wanted to talk about is, so people ask me sometimes about other joints um, that uh, they're considering having replaced, uh, joints that I do not myself replace. Um, so we're going to just kind of list off the joints that are replaced in people and then kind of go over a little bit about each one. Of course, we've, we've talked about knees, shoulders, and hips. So it's basically knees, shoulders, hips, wrists, elbows, ankles, uh, toes, and actually the spine. If you, if you, uh, um, if you count, and I think you should, a disc replacement is that's pretty well the joint in the spine is a disc. So, so um, knees are the most common, followed by hips, and <clears throat> shoulders are next after that, and then there's a pretty big fall off in numbers, and then it's ankles, uh, and then there's a pretty big fall off again. And then there's, uh, elbows, uh, and then there's another pretty big fall off and then there's toes and wrists and then vertebrae. You know what? I'm not really in that. I I don't really do much with the back at all. Um, except to refer my patients that have back pain to back specialists. But I know that it seems to me that the people who have had a disc replacement are becoming more and more, um, I don't know, to me, it sounds very worrisome from, from first glance, but, uh, again, it's just, that's not a world I, I spend much time in. So, so knee replacements, um, 
while they're more common than hip replacements, um, they have knee and hip replacements are tied for the highest rate of patient satisfaction of any orthopedic surgery. Um, knee replacements take a little bit longer to recover. Um, again, I've talked about it is Medicare is pushing real hard to get people out the, out the hospital either the, the day of or the next day after surgery. And again, we're trying to figure out how we can even come close to making that happen in, in a whole lot of our patients. Uh, there's just so many of our patients that just aren't able to do that. And then, and the people who publish that they've got 99% of their patients out of the hospital the same day, they just aren't, aren't dealing with the same patient population I am. There's just so many patients that are older and a little bit slower and some are a little bit heavier and there's just, but, but we're doing the best we can. So anyway, <clears throat> so knee replacements are very high in satisfaction rate. If you look at the, the, the across the board um, numbers, it's 85% uh, of the patients, somewhere between 85 and 90% of the patients are either satisfied or very satisfied with their knee replacement. I would say that that is <clears throat> exactly where I was before the Mako robot. And the guy that taught me how to do the Mako, he said, my, and this, he was talking about himself. He said, my patient satisfaction went from 85 to 90 to 95 plus percent. And I would say that that is the same that has happened with me. Um, it's just a different concept. And so, um, yeah, it, it's, it's definitely made a huge difference. I mean, I've done thousands of knee replacements and the, and the ones that I've, there's just been a, a just a dramatic shift once I started using the Mako. So knee replacements are going to last about 25 years is what we're, we're seeing. Uh, but the whole lot of them are going to last a lot longer. So, uh, it should be a lifetime operation for most of the people having it. Hip replacements. Now, they recover a little quicker um, than knee replacements, and uh, then they are more likely to report zero pain. So hip is kind of kind of sits a little bit above knee replacements in the patient satisfaction scale. Uh, again, there are... Uh, we we do expect the hip replacements to last 25 to 30 years. Um, <clears throat> we just don't see a lot of failed hip and knee replacements coming in anymore. Whereas 10 or 15 years ago, we were seeing the stuff from 10 or 15 years before that. And there were a lot more of them that had failed that were coming in. We just are not seeing as many. And that's because the techniques and the, and the technology have moved so quickly or so, I'm sorry, so dramatically in that time frame. So yeah, so hips and knees. Next would be shoulders. Now, in my practice, using the arthrosurface shoulder, I find that they are tied with, if not happier than my knee and hip patients because they just don't have pain. A lot of them just from day one. And I think it's because, you know, we're not cutting the head off. Uh, we're resurfacing it. So we're putting a metal cap on it and we're not, we're not putting a new surface on the entire glenoid. We're just putting, uh, like a plastic button in the middle of it. That's countersunk in. So I just, I find that, uh, that the total shoulders are 
using the Arthur surface are just as, as satisfied as the hips and knees. Now, most total shoulders uh, have a weight limit on them for the rest of your life. You, know, you can maybe 30, 40, I've heard up to 50 pounds. But the Arthur surface that I use, because of the design, there's no weight limit. So I have patients out there doing whatever they want, as is recommended by the manufacturer and, and is borne out in the literature. So <clears throat> that's a huge advantage. Um, so, so those are the top three. Now, I don't do any of the rest of these. I'm just going to comment on them because people might be curious about it. So the next, I guess, down down the arm would be an elbow replacement. These are really rare. I think I've seen two or three of them. Um, they don't last long uh, in most patients. What I've seen is um, they're really for patients that are 75 or older, uh, and sometimes they'll do it for a fracture. Um uh, primarily just do the elbow replacement for a fracture. I, I wouldn't do that. I would fix the fracture and then see what happened. But elbow replacements are pretty iffy um, overall. I think there are good indications for them. I think those indi- indications are fewer and far between. I think the, the number of surgeons who are competent to do an elbow replacement is minuscule. Um, I would say, I don't know how many there are in, in Iowa, but there can't be more than a handful who are doing any number of elbow replacements that make them competent to do it. So farther on down would be a wrist replacement. Again, these just don't last long. They're really for a, a really older, very low demand patient. Maybe somebody with rheumatoid arthritis, you know, uh, they're just, there's not, they just don't work as well or last as long as the uh, hips, knees, and shoulders. Now, ankle replacements are, <clears throat> a, they've gotten a lot better. Um, they still, I think, uh, none of them are showing anywhere close to the longevity of a knee. I mean, if you just think about it, I mean, your entire body weight on that on that small part of your body and that's being replaced, it does make some sense that they wouldn't last as long or do as well. Again, um, the optimal patient in this case is a, a thin 70 plus year old patient who's got bad ankle arthritis and, and, uh, is somewhat low demand. I mean, you don't, you don't want to do someone, you don't want someone trying to do a marathon with an ankle replacement. Um, you, you can be active, but not, you know, you don't, if you're going to walk, you know, 20, 30 miles a week or something like that. I mean, you, it's a tough operation. The, the other option for that is a fusion and that has its own drawbacks too. ankle arthritis is a tough one. Knee arthritis, man, once we get the knee replacement in there or hip or shoulder, it's pretty well, you know, go back to pretty much what you were doing again, again, with some limitations, but um, yeah, I'm happy if my knee replacement patients want to walk 30 miles a week, that's fine. If they want to run 10, I tell them they probably shouldn't cause it'll wear out. Um, and the last are the toe or the, uh, metatarsal replacements. I, I, again, I think they're few and far between the number, uh, um, of those that are done because they just, they don't tend to last as long or function as well. And I think that a lot of them will fail. Uh, and then the patient ends up having a fusion anyway. Um, uh, 
So, so yeah, so that's sort of the, the, oh, and, and, oh, I talked about the, the disc replacement. So that's sort of the, the gamut on, uh, on joints that are replaced in the human body. Um, again, you know, I'm happy that my practice is, is, uh, with, with the ones that are the patients are the most satisfied and have the longest, uh, longest results and, uh, and the deepest history. But uh, just a little more orthopedic FYI. So with that, uh, I'll uh, I'll take my leave and uh, and we'll be back next week. And you have a blessed week, Iowa.